Hello, Katie. <laughs> Welcome to Two Girls Who Scare Easily. We are your hostesses, and tonight it is my turn to tell Katie a story. I'm excited. It's been this is gonna be fun. Yeah, it's gonna be. It might be a long one. I have a I have a feeling that you're gonna have opinions on this one. Don't I always? I mean, you do. That's. <laughs> kind of why I have you here. They're, they're <laughs> unnecessary. They're, they are meaningless, but god damn I'm passionate about them. At the very least, they're entertaining. Thank you. <laughs> okay. Thanks. So, we're going to jump right in because this is long and we chatted for a while first. Cool. <laughs> well, let's do this. What do you got for me? Sorry, I think I'm getting a cold. Like my Uh-oh. daughter started getting one a couple of days ago. Anyway, so I'm going to set the picture here. Set the scene. So we are in the early 1950s. So okay. the world is recovering from World War II. Mm-hmm. I imagine when I think of the 1950s, I imagine housewives in very cute dresses and also either drunk or on cocaine or both. Um, we are also in the midst of the atomic age. We had obviously just dropped bombs on Japan. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then the Cold War started in 1947. And one of the key features of the Cold War was the nuclear energy race between the U.S. and the Soviet Union. Mm-hmm. In response to this or as part of this nuclear race, the Atomic Energy Commission decided to open the Rocky Flats plant. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Yes. 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 I'm excited for this one. (laughs) I thought you might be. I am also excited. This is crazy. Crazy. They played it so fast and loose. I'm so uncomfortable. Yeah. How did our whole state not blow up? I don't know. I don't know. I mean, we still might, to be honest. We could. At, that's at any time. At any time. So, yes, the Rocky Flats plant. It was originally operated by the Dow Chemical Company. It opened in 1952. Uh, the Rocky Flats plant is was located in Jefferson County near... Arvada, Colorado, uh, which is about 15 miles northwest of Denver, kind of south of Boulder-ish. So yeah, closest city is Arvada, um, which is basically a suburb of Denver now. Yeah. So it originally was on a four-square-mile site. The primary mission of... The Rocky Flats plant was to make plutonium pits, or triggers, they were also called. So basically, they took liquid plutonium, and they converted it to metal, and then they formed it into these, like, spheres, or, like, shells of plutonium that were about the size of a bowling ball, and that was, like, it made up the core of an implosion nuclear weapon, basically. So it was, like, the explodey bit. (laughs) And then yeah. we shipped them off to, I, I believe it was Texas, to build the next part. 
they were really concerned about um, like the production and spies. And so they didn't want the entire nuclear weapon uh, built in one spot. So they spread out the stuff everywhere. Uh, anyway. Oh, and during its operation, it actually produced more than 70,000 of those plutonium triggers. So there's a lot of nuclear weapons. I didn't realize we had that many. I thought there were like four. Oh, <laughs> if, if you really want to feel insecure about our world, just a tiny, tiny amount of research into how many nuclear weapons there are. And that's assuming that we've been actually told the truth about how many each nation has. Because some of them I don't, think don't tell have. us. I don't I don't even know that and like, our country would are tell we've... us. No. <laughs> America, tell the <laughs> truth. <laughs> That's a good one. When have we ever done that? Never. Never. So here's a question. Yes. How does one ship a plutonium core safely? On trains? Is this like... Yeah. I don't know. But like outside of Like what do you that? What do you have to pack it in? I don't know. You bubble to, tape is not gonna do it. Like, you bubble definitely wrap is have not... to pack it carefully because like plutonium can be um uh there's a word for this and I lost it. It's written down somewhere. Plutonium can like spontaneously combust when it's exposed to air. <laughs> oh yeah, it can become really reactive yeah. and unstable. Yeah. So you'd have to be real careful. When you were shipping it, I don't know. Very carefully. Did you ever, did you ever do that project in physics class where you had to drop an egg from higher and higher stories and make different models to see if the egg broke or not? No, I really wanted to. It seemed fun. It was very fun. I'm I'm here to tell you, it's a great time. Ah, uh, and my egg didn't break. So good go job. Me. Mm-hmm, from three stories. Wow. But that just made me think about shipping a sphere of plutonium. I was like, oh, hey, it's like that project in physics class with much higher stakes. <laughs> oh, the consequences. So uh, they chose Rocky Flats because it had some natural protection. They didn't actually say what that means, but I assume... They meant the mountains, which are, like, right there. Mm -hmm. It has low humidity, low vulnerability to dust, which I also kind of disagree with. It's a very dusty place here. We have a lot of wind. Um, yeah. Access to railroads, access to water so sources, and it was not far from the western slope where they were mining the uranium that was the base of these triggers. However, this site should never have been approved for a nuclear facility. Specifically, because of that wind that I just mentioned. Mm -hmm. The site is upwind from a large population center, which would be Denver. Don't know if you've heard of it. It's like a big deal around here. Whatever. Where's that? Is that like a city? Yeah, I think. I think. Uh. <laughs> um, 
So, yeah, all of the wind comes down through the mountains and pushes everything from Rocky Flats straight into Denver, basically. Like, that's mm-hmm. the way the wind patterns go. It also has a history mm-hmm. of hurricane-force winds. Like, we get for real wind. <laughs> Marshall Fire. Yeah. Unfortunate. And that was... That was what? La- that was last year? I mean, yeah. we got other crazy windstorms again last month. Two months ago now. Exactly. In December. Like, 100-mile-an-hour winds. Yeah. Uh, allegedly... They used wind maps from Stapleton Airport on the east side of Denver rather than wind maps from where they were building the plant. So, you know, decisions were made. What intern was given that job? Someone's getting fired. You would like to think that. Oh, they probably didn't. They probably got promoted because oh. it's the 50s. Oh, definitely. So... When the plant was announced, Colorado was actually really excited about it because um, it was going to, like, bring in all of these new people, like, employees, and provide a bunch of jobs. And so there was this big population boom. Uh, they, The plant operated in, like, complete secrecy, though. Like, you were not allowed to talk about what you did. And so people, like, the locals that didn't work there had no idea they were producing nuclear weapons there. Hell yeah. I heard stories about, like, they thought they made scrubbing bubbles or stuff like that. What? Yeah. I mean, okay. Yep. So the plant cost $45 million to build, which in today's money would be $513 million. That's, that's a pretty penny. It's a lot of money. That's a lot of money. So let's talk a little bit about plutonium. So plutonium-239 is what they were primarily working with at the Rocky Flats plant. It has a half-life of 24,110 years. So it's going to stick Only around a little for a bit. minute. Mm-hmm. Um, in the body... Because it emits alpha particles, uh, plutonium is the most dangerous when it's inhaled. It gets into your lungs and it like lodges in your lung tissue. And then it kills the lung cells, which cause scarring in the lungs, which lead to lung disease and cancer. But then it also, from your lungs, gets into your bloodstream. And then it goes to the kidneys and from there travels through the rest of the body into the bones, liver, and spleen especially. So you see a lot of like sounds... a lot of deposits in bones. When you're that exposed. sounds about that sounds about right. Yeah. I love that they put the factory in a windy area. Yeah. When the most dangerous way to come in contact with it is inhalation. That's good. That's it's comforting, right? That's great. Yeah. You know, they're really just looking out mm-hmm. for the long-term health and safety of a community and an unaware population. They're they're really, really being thoughtful. They really and are. And I, I appreciate that. You can feel their care. Our safety is their priority. Mm. So, fun fact. Mm. Apparently, if you ingest plutonium, 
It doesn't pose a serious threat because it doesn't absorb easily through your stomach. That's that hydrochloric acid that's just sitting in there really coming through in the clutch. Right? So we My IBS so... is like, you know what? You're welcome. Right. Okay. So should we... We shouldn't eat it, We though. should not eat it, no. Still should not, but apparently contaminated water and food sources are not as big a deal as, like, inhaled particles. Supposedly. Okay. I'm not going to put that to the... T- I'm really going to take science word for it. Exactly. Yeah. We're, I'm good. I don't need to... Mm, no thanks. I don't like plutonium as my seasoning. No. Thank you no. so much. Plutonium sandwich. No, thank you. Does that break my teeth? <laughs> Are you picturing peanut butter and jelly right now? Because I am. <laughs> it was just, and I was like, no, like you, you could use the liquid and just drizzle it on like, dressing. Oh, you weren't thinking like the solid metal because no. that's okay. <laughs> just a little, just a little jizz of liquid plutonium. Yeah. Just a little... There you go. <laughs> You're all fancy. You're like, no, just like a drizzle. I'm gonna make it really. really I mean, classy. fancy. I was picturing Various... like a subway. <laughs> They're like squirting <laughs> it on. <laughs> Do you have to pay extra for plutonium? Yeah, I think it's an upcharge. Okay, probably. If guacamole at Chipotle is an upcharge, yeah, plutonium is gonna be too for sure. Okay. <laughs> so don't eat it. Don't. But really don't breathe it in. Yes. Correct. Okay. So the plutonium pits that they were making uh, had to be hand finished because they didn't have any good machining for it until the late 1950s. So they had these glove boxes, which had these like heavy leaded gloves. It's like... um. It's like in the opening scene of The Simpsons where he's got like his hands in the gloves mm-hmm. in the little plexiglass box. So yeah. that's exactly what they used uh, to like finish these plutonium pits. And it was on like a big conveyor. So all the boxes were like connected. Um, but yeah, so if you got a hole in your glove or in the box or, you know, anything happens, you would have to be decontaminated and it was like a whole super not fun thing from what I hear. It's a lot of scrubby brushes and whatnot. Mm. So 1957, uh, like I said, plutonium can be very reactive with air. And so there was a spark in one of these glove boxes and so the fire just raced through the entire glove box line and it burned them all out, burned the building, but also burned through the filters and the measuring equipment. So we don't actually know how much radio- radioactive and toxic material was spread over the Denver metro area. Oh, and that's this fire okay. barely made a blip. Like, it wasn't really in the newspapers. (laughs) They definitely didn't mention the radioactive leak. 
Like they maybe mentioned the fire. They didn't mention any of the rest of it. <laughs> and, yeah. and like people didn't find out about it until the 1970s. That's good. Yeah. That's. Mm. That's super good. That's yummy. <laughs> That's yummy. I know I'm at ease. Right? I don't. For sure. not concerned at all. Mm-mm. So that fire caused $818,000 in 1957 money, which is $8.6 million today. That's our tax dollars. Hard at work, everybody. Yep. Woo! So they just, uh, you know, they rebuilt. They went back to work. They expanded through the 1960s, added buildings added they like bought more land around the area they kind of kept expanding it the size of the site 1967 3500 barrels of plutonium contaminated lubricants and solvents had accumulated on one of the pads so they just had these like barrels of waste essentially sitting on they like numbered the pads but it was just on dirt, essentially. A large number of them were found to be leaking. Mm. Mm-hmm. It actually mm-hmm. leaked 5,000 gallons of contaminated oil into the sand under the barrels. For sure. And then dope. that sand became windborne and blew mm-hmm. all the way to Denver. Mm-hmm. Amazing. Uh, amazing. It's super. Yeah. The fact that our great, great state and that city did not go full Ghostbusters 2. (laughs) Ooze in the subway, contaminating everything, making it come to life. I'm picturing... The bear at the conference, uh, the big oh, convention man. center. The big blue bear. Alive. Ripping up 16th Street, right? Yeah. For sure, Lucifer. Oh, Honestly, definitely. He's leading the Lucifer charge. Is, yeah, he's the king. So, let's be real. Uh, the whole History Colorado Museum. The taxidermy? Oh, no. Cheeseman Park, zombies. Zombies everywhere. Trademark, this is exactly the plot of our B-list horror movie. I love it. And I'm not, I am no longer giving any more details to the public. TM, TM. The next, the next bit is going to fucking cost y'all. Okay. But like (laughs) crowdfunding, this is a brilliant idea. Because Hell yes. the fuck. It's. This whole story. I was just like. Yeah. I was just like and raging. St- all the time. I'm like what the fuck. And they're still just like. Industry. Yeah. Yeah. Let's keep going everybody. This is fine. It's fine. This, this is fine. It's fine. It's fine. Okay. Okay. Cool. So. May 11th. 
Mother's Day, actually, of 1969, mm. a chunk of plutonium spontaneously combusted. Oh, good. It turns out that the fire suppressant equipment was insufficient. Oh, good. Yeah. So mm-hmm. they never had any, um, like, real-time safety drills of, like, putting out a mock fire to see if it would work. Probably not. Doubtful. Why would they? You know, yeah. do, do you really need to test anything to make sure it works? No. I don't think so. No. I think that's a myth. That's it seems not like a waste of time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I know it works because I said it works. Yeah. Okay. So they had specifically been instructed not to put water on a plutonium fire because it could trigger a chain reaction, potentially leading to atomic detonation. Well, yeah, I mean, they know that plutonium is very unstable. Oh, son of a bitch. <laughs> yeah, they were they were not having luck getting the fire out, so they used water. <laughs> they got lucky. They didn't explode us. As the words are coming out of my mouth of, that would be a terrible idea, in my head, I'm like, that's exactly, <laughs> God damn it, that's what they did. That's exactly what they did. Okay, why not? You know what? Why not? Yep, yep. <laughs> so, okay. they got Good. lucky. They did not blast Denver off the face of the earth. So, Yay. they got the fire out. Uh, it was the costliest industrial accident to ever occur in the U.S. up to that point. Uh, and it took two years to clean up. So this is about the time that it starts gaining public attention. Mm. Um, and so in the early 19- 19... <laughs> I'm just picturing people in Arvada. Like, you know, for only producing scrubbing bubbles, that factory sure has a lot of accidents. (laughs) Oh my god. You gotta watch out for it. How strong is that on your bathroom, (laughs) scum? What? Oh no. It's a little overkill, wouldn't you say? Oh, jeez. Um, Continue. So, in the 1970s, <laughs> lost my train of thought for a second there. Okay. Um, You're welcome. Yeah. Sorry. Uh, early 1970s, uh, people are starting to protest around Rocky Flats. Uh, most of the protests at this point are not actually like environmental protests or like health concerns they're actually anti-war because hell yeah people still don't really know what this factory does but they know that it has Mm -hmm. something to do with the cold war and so they're like yeah we're not we're not here for this (laughs) um and this is 70s 80s this is like the early 70s early 70s Ooh, so vietnam Okay, yeah. and we're not looking. We're not looking good no. in Vietnam right now. No, not so. We much. never did. That was a massive mistake, for sure. So, in order to reduce the danger of public contamination following these protests, because they knew, like, okay, they're already starting to protest. 
this aspect, they're going to start protesting environmental stuff if they start hearing about it. Uh, Mm -hmm. They, Congress approved the purchase of a 4,600-acre buffer zone around the plant. So now you have, like, the plant complex and then you have, like, a buffer zone around it that are, like, keeping things safe. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Isolationist policy has absolutely worked for America. That's 100%. always been a good idea. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's never been a bad thing. No. It's also never made people, like, even more distrustful of you. No. No. You're not hiding anything. You're just isolating things. It's fine. Yeah. Yeah. I say that as a massive isolator in my personal life. I, okay. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> what are you hiding, Katie? Not, I'm certainly not producing nuclear weapons. Okay, so... Are you sure? No. I'm not sure of anything. <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty sure. I don't think so. I don't think so. But I do hide how boring I am. <laughs> So I think we all do that. (laughs) This is, I'm doing all of this for your benefit. Nice. I like it. I appreciate you. Mm -hmm. Thank you. Like, oh my God. Okay. So 1972, they do a study and they find that the plutonium contamination just east of the Rocky Flats plant ranges up to levels that were hundreds of times that from nuclear tests. Just, yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. 1973, the Walnut Creek and Great Western Reservoir were found to have elevated tritium, 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 should have looked that up, levels. It's a rare radioactive isotope of hydrogen, um, and it's a product of the plutonium manufacturing. Cool. Working. Let's call them... King Trident. King Trident isotopes. King yes. Trident isotopes. But, and they're crazy. Because he was unhinged. So... Yeah. That and works. It was determined to have been released from contaminated materials that Rocky Flats shipped... Or that shipped to Rocky Flats from a lab in California. So not only is the plant leaking, like, the trains and shit are also... <laughs> It's just awesome sprinkling as they go. Mm, it's so good. It's so it's so good. So the next year, nineteen seventy four. At this point, elevated plutonium levels were found in the topsoil near another one of the pads, uh, and so they purchased an additional forty five hundred acres to increase the buffer zone. That'll work. It's fine. Good. Yeah. You, because you know, radioactive materials, when they leak out, you know, if you just give them enough space, like eventually they're going to get tired and then they're yeah. going to stop leaking. Exactly. Um. So we just, if we give them farther, yeah, they're they're gonna wear they're gonna wear themselves out. They're tiny little molecule bodies, and then they're just gonna stay. Yeah. And just hunker down. In this area. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's fine. Mm-hmm. So, 1975, Rockwell International replaced Dow Chemical as the contractor for the site. 
and that mm-hmm. same year, local landowners began suing for property contamination caused by the plant. Because people are catching on now. Yeah. You don't make scrubby bubbles. Yeah. No, you don't. So, between 1973 and 1981, the Jefferson County Health Director, Dr. Carl Johnson, uh, he directed a number of studies on the contamination levels and health risks around the plant, like the risks that it posed to the public. Um, And part of the reason he ran these studies was because they were planning to build housing developments around the plant. And like Mm -hmm. the FDA everywhere else had already approved these housing plans. And so he's like, okay, well, I want to make sure it's safe. And so he did these studies and he's like, yeah, that's super not safe. I'm going to say no. (laughs) And so they scrapped the plans for these housing developments. And as a result, he was fired. Or forced out Mm -hmm. of his job. It kind of, depending on the source, but yeah, he was basically fired. He later won a whistleblower lawsuit against Jefferson County. Good. Yeah. Fucking good. Yeah. He was portrayed as a real bad guy for a while. Like, they, oh man, they made him seem like public enemy out here. Number one. And he was pretty rad, actually. (sighs) So these studies that he did found a 45% increase in congenital birth defects in Denver suburbs downwind of Rocky Flats compared to the rest of Colorado. Mm. And a 16% increase in cancer rates for those living closest to the plant. So super. Super duper. Mm -hmm. Mm So 1983, protesters actually encircled the entire plant. Linking hands. It's just like circles of, like, pictures of all these people, like, 17 miles. People were just like, it was cool. I love that. Yeah. So at this point, like, they're starting, like, the reports about the nuclear contamination have started coming out. And so that's why they're protesting now, was like, we don't think this is safe. As well as probably mm-hmm. some lingering anti-war, anti-nuclear stuff. Yeah, I mean, there was a huge movement to um, disassemble all nuclear weapons. There still is. I'm still fucking for it. So, yeah, woo! It's dumb. Let's just not. We don't need, no, we don't need it. We don't need it. We don't need that power. We're good. I'm right? full, thanks. Yeah. yeah. I'm all set. So, mid-1980s, things seemed to be maybe looking better. 1985, they celebrated 250,000 continuously safe hours. Which, I didn't do the math. I don't know how many days that is, but it's a lot. It's a, it's a lot of days. It's a lot of days. Um, in 1986, they received the National Safety Council Award for Honor of honor for outstanding safety performance. Good. I know. It only took 30-ish years for them to get it right. Eh, Hold on to that thought. Oh, they're going to get it wrong. 
Oh. <laughs> what goes up must come down. So, in 1986, the state of Colorado's public health department, the EPA, and the Department of Energy enter in this compliance agreement um, with the RCRA and the Colorado Hazardous Waste Act. Um, And basically, it's this agreement uh, that initiates a process for investigating and remediating environmental contamination. So, like, they're finally acknowledging, like, environmental pollution is bad. Let's fix it. Mm-hmm. This also meant that they were taking a closer look at the Rocky Flats plant. So, 1988, the Department of Energy Safety Evaluation came out with a report that was critical of safety measures at the plant. It gets to the point where they're having, like, Department of Energy people and, uh, like, the EPA, they have full-time personnel at the plant (laughs) to monitor safety. Because they're like, hmm. Yeah. 1989, an employee left a faucet running which resulted in uh, chromic acid, which is a strong corrosive oxidizing agent, which is toxic and carcinogenic, being released into the sanitary water system. It's it's not good. Who leaves a faucet on? Like, are you two? Turn it off. I'm not going to lie. That is one of my biggest pet peeves. Yeah. Don't leave the water running while you're brushing your teeth. Just don't leave the water running and close your fucking cabinet doors. God damn Mm. it. It's not hard. You open it. You you close it. Finish the job. Yeah. Just. So they actually end up suspending plutonium production at this point because of the safety violations. Good. Just like, just stop. (laughs) So, in 1988, the FBI is actually involved at this point. They're investigating uh, this plant for these safety violations. And they, so they had basically informants on the inside people like employees who were reporting to them and then they were also doing things like um flyovers at night and so they had this infrared flyover and it was during this shutdown that the department of energy had ordered and one of their incinerators appeared to be running like it was giving off Mm -hmm. heat Mm -hmm. employees claimed that this was actually because during the shutdown, they were cleaning the glove boxes. And to do that, they had to use, like, superheated steam. And that mm. steam vented through the incinerator vents or whatever. So they're like, no, we weren't running it. We weren't doing, we weren't getting rid of waste or whatever. We were just cleaning. Either mm-hmm. way, the FBI is like, mm, 
don't like that. And it was, I will say it this way, it was really interesting to see because um, Rocky Mountain PBS did this fantastic episode about this. Rocky Mountain PBS. God, for the win, oh, man. They are a real one. For real. I love them. So good. <laughs> but they had former employees on. And, like, there was so much camaraderie. Like, they truly believed that they were serving their country. They're like, we're going to, we're doing this. We know that there's risk associated with it, but we have to protect our country. Like, this is like, and they, I don't know, they were like really proud of what they were doing, which is interesting. Especially mm -hmm. now, because like, even some of them, even now, were like, still like really proud of the work that they had done. And they're like, mm -hmm. oh yeah, I have cancer. <laughs> I have four kinds of cancer. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Okay. It was interesting. So June of 1989. My notes got weird for a second here. June 6th of 1989, the FBI informed the Department of Energy and the plant that they wanted to have a meeting because they needed to discuss a potential terrorist threat. And so they go into this meeting room they have like this whole conference room and all the big wigs are there and everything and the fbi is like just kidding this is a raid <laughs> i get sweet sweet satisfaction Whenever I have many qualms with uh, any sort of governmental institution, like a like a lot of of qualms with them, mm -hmm. but God damn it, whenever someone really just gets the wool pulled over their eyes and it ends up being a fucking raid, it is like crossing the final task off of a to-do list. It's that level of satisfaction. <laughs> it is good. It is like... It feels like so many things have to Sit down, align. shut up. Yeah. 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 Mm. Mm. So this raid... Which, oh, that's nice. By the way, was dubbed Operation Desert Glow. <gasps> that's someone's fucking Burning Man camp name. I guarantee it. Oh, it's gotta be, right? I mean, it's gonna be ours it's now. It's gonna be ours, yeah. <laughs> it's gonna be ours. TM, TM, <laughs> TM, TM. I come, why do I come up with so many good ideas and then when I'm supposed to keep them confidential, I just blast them onto a podcast? Because we decided that talking into a microphone was a good idea. I don't know. Okay. Well, trademark everybody, that's us. That's our our oh, burning man God. camp. God damn it. Operation Desert Glow. That's a fucking cool name. Right? <laughs> it's so cool. I love it. And it also feels like it's kind of tongue in cheek because like radiation is glowing. Because it glows. It glows. Yeah. 
Um, I love it. So, Operation Desert Glow lasted 18 days. They, it was bonkers. I didn't write down everything. There was, like, millions of pages of papers and, like, 500 and, I don't even know. There were, like, hundreds of thousands of containers of chemicals that they found. Various, like, from this to, like, giant drums. It was crazy. They they discovered numerous violations of federal anti-pollution laws, including limited of contamination of water and soil. Of course. Mm-hmm. They were the most concerned about the evaporation ponds, which were um, basically just, like, these open-air ponds that they had that they, like, put waste into <laughs> mm-hmm. to evaporate. I guess. Because if it goes into the air, then it's gone. Then you don't have to worry about it. Um, there it, was goes also... to... so it goes to space, you know? It just, it goes, just goes yeah, up. It just disappears. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. They also... I'm pretty sure that's how it works. They also had pondcrete, which was a mix of waste and concrete. So they just, like, put it in these blocks except it never set right so it was basically just plutonium jelly that was like leaking peanut butter and jelly sandwich (gasps) that's where they got it from (laughs) i'm right oh no so also uh it's It's worth noting that in the 1950s and 1960s, they assumed that you could just bury radioactive waste and the soil would keep it contained. Of course. Yeah. So that's a thing that also happened. Soil, famously not porous. No. No. Yeah. So this raid led to a two-year grand jury investigation. Um, the, the grand jury, at the end of it, wrote their own report about what they think should happen. It was unfortunately sealed by the judge and still remains sealed. But parts of it were leaked to Westward, which is like a local Denver newspaper. Love, love Westward. Love them. They have, they had some good stuff. Yeah. I got a lot of my sources were actually from there. They had a lot of good stuff to say. They're a good paper. Yeah. So they, the grand jury wanted to indict five Rockwell officials, and three Department of Energy officials. So clearly there was some fuckery going on. (laughs) Like, even at the Department Mm -hmm. of Energy, they were, they knew about these issues, and they were, if not full on covering it up, they were aiding. (laughs) Oh, for sure. turning the other way. Um, Sure, they bought some really nice houses and cars over the years. I'm sure they did. They 
So this jury wrote a, like in their report, they lambasted the conduct of the DOE and Rocky Flats contractors for, quote, engaging in a continuing campaign of distraction, deception, and dishonesty. And noticed and noted that Rocky Flats had discharged pollutants, hazardous materials, and radioactive matter into nearby creeks and Broomfield and Westminster's water supplies. Mm. It's super awesome. Mm-hmm. So they were pissed. Mm-hmm. What actually yeah. happened was that Rockwell International contractors running the Rocky Flats plant pleaded guilty to 10 environmental crimes and agreed to a fine of $18.5 million, which was the largest Mm. fine for an environmental crime to that date. It was also less than the company had been paid in bonuses for running the plants. Fucking you know, mm-hmm. eat the goddamn rich, okay? <laughs> I'm going to say it. I'm going to say it. Eat the rich. Fuck that shit. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Here you go, you fucking poor people. Here's money. <sighs> yeah. Yeah. So, like I said, the grand jury report is still sealed. All of the evidence is also still sealed. Good. Yeah. There were it's good. over 200 pieces of evidence. But we don't know what it was. Mm-hmm. It's super. So, the plant was back in operation by 1990. Uh, EG&G replaced Rockwell International as the contractor. And they began aggressive work um, to kind of clean up the site, um, including constructing a system to remove contamination from the groundwater. So they were, like, trying to kind of remediate the site. But in 1991, due to the fall of the Soviet Union, um, the U.S. government decided that, like, we don't we don't need to keep making nuclear weapons and we can actually just close the plants. Yeah. Yeah. Because we ain't worried about Russia anymore. <laughs> no. Famous last words. Right. <laughs> oh jeez. Uh so in nineteen ninety two, forty five hundred employees were laid off. So this was like this was a big controversy in that. Um, sense as well because it did employ a lot of people and brought in Mm -hmm. a lot of money so not everybody was jazzed Uh, 4,000 others were retained for long term cleanup though the the Department of Energy announced that 61 pounds of plutonium lined the exhaust ductwork in 6 buildings that's so much plutonium that's so much. That's uh, it in the pipes. In the exhaust pipes, yes. 
that's the stuff oh that got god. stuck. Oh my god. Oh my god. And we were just like, well, let's keep churning it out. It's fine. It's fine. Yeah. So, 1993, they start shipping all of the weapons-grade plutonium out to other laboratories. Mm -hmm. 1998, 1998, the Colorado Department of Public Health and Environment's Cancer Registry conducted an independent study for cancer rates in the area around the site. Did not show an increased cancer rate. It's real interesting mm-hmm. how all of the later studies don't show any increased health issues at all. They they don't. No. Do you think do you think that that's reality or convenience? Personally, I think it's convenience <laughs> there's a lot of books well i don't know if there's a lot there is a book called full body burden that is about growing up um by the rocky flats plant and all of the health issues and whatnot it cost i haven't read it yet it's i actually got it from the library i just haven't had time to read it yet but there's like a lot of individual stories about mm-hmm. issues but I'm not an expert. So, you know, maybe, yeah, maybe it's true. We are not uh, cancer research scientists. We are also not like population density scientists or epidemiologists or, Mm -mm. or, or anything to that effect. And it also looks really good for a state and their, you know, tourism industry and wanting to attract businesses and jobs. Yeah. And, and, and residents. Yeah. If we look like a very safe, holistic, natural, healthy state. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. That's just, you know, what the, what the studies say now. Mm Mm-hmm. And it's, it's not PR, like, at all. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. Nope. They, w- they wouldn't lie to nope. us. It's, it's fine. Of, um, America never lies to its citizens, Andy, no. so... Nobody, no large institution has ever lied. Ever. It's like, they always tell the truth. Look at history. Okay. Sweet Jesus. So we're up to 2001 now. Congress passed the Rocky Flats National Wildlife Refuge Act. So they transferred (laughs) nearly 4,000 acres of land from the Rocky Flats site to the U.S. Fish and Wildlife Service. Mm -hmm. So it is a refuge and it kind of... Again, like, it's in that buffer zone that, like, donuts 
the main site. I'm making a lot of donut motions that no one can see. <laughs> I can see them, can see and them. I They're like them. Now. now I want a donut. So, thank you. 2003, the last contaminated buildings were removed, and the last of the weapons-grade plutonium was shipped out. The agreement that they had was they would do a higher level of cleanup on the first three feet of soil in exchange for not having to remove any of the contamination lower down unless it posed a risk of migrating to the surface or contaminating groundwater. Yeah. How do you... How do they know that it's not going to pose a threat? I don't. If you're not doing something to ensure that it will not continue traveling, leeching. Yeah, here's a, I don't, here's a fun fact. All of the underground infrastructure was just left there. They just good. buried it. Good. They... The reason uh, that was given was that removing it became more dangerous than leaving it in place. That's actually probably fucking true. It might be. So they just buried it. Mm-hmm. It's also... So the site obviously is contaminated with plutonium because of all these fires and just throwing it into the air mm -hmm. it is also contaminated with other chemicals um, there's carbon tetrachloride small releases of beryllium tritium which i can't king trident uh and mm -hmm. dioxin so it's oh good super fun place yummy yeah So, uh, uh, 1,300 acres of the site is still, uh, it's under the care of the Department of Energy, um, the Office of Legacy Management, for ongoing monitoring and remediation. Basically, because the half-life of plutonium is so long, they can't mm -hmm. do anything with this site. Like, they have to just keep it there and keep yeah. it off limits it's like chernobyl exactly exactly so i would also like to point out at this point that there was no cleanup that took place in the area of the rocky flats national wildlife refuge good they didn't they didn't do anything out there in the buffer zone but, but, you know, we're supposed to, like, enjoy it. Yeah, it opened up to the As... public, I believe, in 2018. So you can go hike. You can go have a picnic there. Yeah, there's, like, a herd of elk. We've seen some bears. Some mountain lions. Do they have, like, 
a third eye or growing like an arm from their butt. Anecdotally, there were reports of mutations. (laughs) There's Mm. nothing official that I found. And those, I think, were more back in the plant's heyday. Yeah, that like animals who were in the area and then being directly exposed. Exactly. So, yeah, this is enraging and saddening. Um, So most of the plutonium from Rocky Flats was oxidized plutonium, which doesn't readily dissolve in water. So I mentioned earlier that there were plutonium leaks into the nearby creeks and the Great Western Reservoir. You can still find plutonium in the beds of Walnut and Woman Creeks and the Great Western Reservoir and Stanley Lake, which supplies drinking water for Westminster, Thornton, North Glen, and some of Federal Heights. Filter your water, everybody. Yeah. They have taken some steps to, like, redirect drainage from the site to Stanley Lake. Like, so that it doesn't mm-hmm. go into Stanley Lake. Yeah. But I feel super good about going paddleboarding there last summer now. <laughs> Fine. I only took one of my kids. <laughs> just, just, just one. Just 50% of my offspring. Yeah. Um, well, you know, we humans can't enjoy nature at all without finding something disturbing about the area in which we were in. I mean, or ruining it. I spent, we, yeah, I spent time, quite a few times as a kid going out to Lake Berryessa and then as an adult learning about the Zodiac Killer and that's where one of the murders happened. So, you know, it's good stuff. Yeah, for sure. How are you so normal? <laughs> I just, you drop these little, like, factoids from your childhood all the time, and I'm just like, what the fuck? <laughs> well, you know, I mean, everybody who grows up in Northern California hears about the real instances of, like, being in the same area that the Zodiac Killer was. Yeah. And then, of course, all the urban myths and legends about the Zodiac Killer. Um, would we say I'm normal? I don't I mean, I... I no. We got, like, chased by coyotes once <laughs> down a hill. <laughs> but, I, like, who doesn't that happen to? I mean, that's just a normal part of childhood. That's yeah. Part. Yeah, you're... Driving around on some windy back country roads, as one does as a young teen, when you have one person who can drive, so you all pile in the car, and then you just decide, like, let's go driving, because there's nothing to fucking do. And you're hanging out on a hill, staring at the moon, and then the next thing you know, you hear some yips, and you hear some howls, and they're getting closer, so you you just haul ass. Which makes them chase you. Just down the hill. Yeah. And 
you know, bragging rights. I am faster than an indiscriminate distant coyote. I got a Girl Scout campout raided by raccoons. That's amazing. <laughs> Trash pandas. Trash pandas. They're mean. Oh, they yeah. can be vicious. They are. There are so many raccoons, like, around our house. I think they live in the sewer, take... like, in front of our house. Did they take your cookies? I, yeah, they took most of our food, if I remember correctly. <gasps> Andy, no. There's a lot. We were sleeping in, like, a teepee. We were, like, reaching <sighs> their little paws in under... It's fine. It's fine. It wasn't a bunch of like eight year old girls screaming. It was fine. Of course not. Yeah. Equal parts adorable and terrifying. Exactly. Cause they're teeny little hands. Adorable and terrifying. Um Mm. anyway. So May 2016, a oh wait, sorry, I skipped a bit. I forgot. So cleanup was declared complete October 13th, 2005, and it cost $7 billion. It was originally estimated that it would take up to 65 years and cost $37 billion. But $7 billion was what Colorado had allocated to the cleanup efforts. So it's so convenient that it, that's how much it costs. So seven billion is what it took. Yeah, I'm really glad that eighteen point five million was paid out. Yeah, you know that really just knocked a large chunk mm-hmm. out of it, and you know, yeah. we really showed them exactly. So May 2016, there was a three hundred seventy-five million dollar settlement reached with. Over 15,000 homeowners who claimed that plutonium releases from the plant um, ruined their health and devalued their property. So there there have been a lot of lawsuits and class action suits, um, but a lot of them don't make it to court. Or if they do, then they don't come to fruition because there's no definitive proof that X caused Y. Mm-hmm. They can't be like, oh, I was exposed to this chemical on this day and it caused this cancer. Because most of them don't know when or what they were exposed to. Yep. Yeah. So it's even for former employees, it has taken years to get any kind of compensation. And like I said, like, most of them are ending up with cancer now. Of course. It's intense. So then the, the company can just wait for them to die. Yeah. And, like, literally you have to provide proof of when and where you were exposed, what you were exposed to. It has to be in, like, paper form from the plant, essentially, which is no longer in operation. So all of those documents are elsewhere and they don't Mm -hmm. have access to them Mm -hmm. and yeah it's it's just a huge mess um the 
U.S. government did eventually recognize 22 different kinds of cancer that are caused by radiation exposure. So if you worked at Rocky Flats before 1983 and you developed one of those specific kinds of cancer, then you don't have to prove that the radiation caused it. They'll just, like, take your word for it, essentially. Okay. However, if you worked at the plant after 1983 or you were part of the cleanup crew that disassembled the plant, Mm -hmm. good luck. Those rules don't apply. And so, yeah, you still have to try and find the actual proof. And I don't know if you know this, cancer treatment is, like, not cheap in the U.S. Because if you get sick, can you know what? And here's the fucking thing. No proof, but I'm putting money on the fact that some fucknut insurance company has done this to a human being. You file, you want to get new coverage. They ask, do you have pre-existing conditions? I guarantee you if they find out that a person worked at Rocky Flats and is now needing cancer treatment, they're going to consider that a goddamn pre-existing condition and they're going to decide to not cover it because insurance companies fucking suck ass. Yes, they do. Yes, they do. And I know that they're going to say that to somebody and just yep. screw them over and say, well, there's nothing that this isn't covered. Yeah. Sorry. Sorry about that. I guess you're just going to have to die now because that's cheaper. That's some Scrooge shit. That's some Ebenezer Scrooge. Then they should do it and decrease the surplus population. <laughs> that's some bullshit. And the thing with the whole, like, you have to go and find the on-paper verification that you were exposed at what time and get it from your former place of employment, which doesn't exist anymore. Mm-hmm. One, th- those records are absolutely, like, super easy to find and definitely have all been digitized. Absolutely. You just of have course. to ask. Yeah. It's, the government is famously very easy and prompt and at addressing information requests and Absolutely. very helpful all the time. Yep. Uh, and the second thing, it's very generous of them to assume that every single exposure is going to be noted and documented on paper. So fun fact about that, they were obviously very focused on the plutonium and you know, making sure to minimize that risk. They didn't always actually document other chemical exposures. And there were a of lot of other chemicals there that were yes, also very dangerous. <laughs> yeah. And that would just happen. That would just happen. Like the um the HEPA filters that they wore for their breathing masks. Mm-hmm. Those were designed to trap 
particles, like the actual plutonium particles, and not chemicals. Mm -hmm. It was super helpful. Like, okay, so one summer I worked at a Civil War battlefield site, and it was super fun, and I would love to talk to you about it another time because actually it was one of the greatest high school summer jobs that I ever had. Yes, please. I loved it. So technically that's being a federal employee because it's part of the national parks. Right. So when we were clearing out the woods, we had to keep track of any ticks Mm. that were on us because this is Arkansas and, and they're everywhere. Right. Also, Arkansas ticks carry potentially Lyme disease and Rocky Mountain spotted fever. So they would want to know. Those are those are ticks. Okay? Like minor on the grand scheme of things that you need documentation for as far as like workman's comp or health and safety or whatever. Minor. Super Mm -hmm. low, super low. And that was basically impossible to document every single one. Yeah. That's, you can't do that because I wouldn't realize if I had one or where I got it from, did I actually get it from work or was it somewhere else? Yeah. And those are ticks. And they're saying you need to make sure that you know every single time you were exposed to a chemical at work. And it had to be written down. And also they were trying to hide all of the actual, you know, radiation exposures. Of course, because you don't think, like, they never thought that some supervisor who's trying to climb the corporate ladder and make himself look good is going to fucking lie about some bullshit and an exposure just so that they can keep their safety numbers down. Right. Because that's not going to happen. Yep. Because humans don't do that. No. Notoriously honest. To a fault. Painfully so. (sighs) Yep. So now, like I said, the Rocky Flats uh, refuge is open to the public. So you can go walk around. I would really... I was about to say, like, I would love to take, like, a Geiger counter out there. I don't think that's a good idea. I'm just going to stay away. Um, it's going to make you feel real uncomfortable yeah. about just being out there in my black oh. yoga pants and crop top. Yeah. Just going to stay away. Uh, but yeah, so Arvada is just slowly encroaching on that whole area now. They're just keep building houses closer and closer. So mm-hmm. super fun. And eventually, someone who doesn't know the history of the area is going to fucking push and push and push and push for that land to be used. And some corporation is going to offer enough money that they will bullshit say they've cleaned it up enough so that it's within safety levels. And then Mm -hmm. they'll build on top of it. Exactly. And then we get mutants. Hopefully the good kind with superpowers. If it's not Professor X... I don't want it. Right. Because Charles Xavier, like, again, Patrick Stewart, one of my favorite actors of all time. I mean. Like, Charles Xavier, Jean-Luc Picard, I would follow both of them into the pits of hell. Yes. 
Absolutely. Mm. I also discovered, in the course of this research, so many other, <laughs> so much other nuclear, radioactive, just, this whole, like, how, how do, how does our whole state not just glow? Like, maybe we do. Maybe. We just don't notice. Maybe. Maybe it glows on a light pattern that the human eye can't perceive. Maybe. Ooh, oh, sorry, that reminded me. I found out this other really fun fact that has nothing to do with this, but it was really interesting. Um, apparently, hydrogen burns at, but it's like really dim. So you can't see it in normal light, like when it's on fire. <laughs> Okay, and so NASA had, they were testing for hydrogen leaks or something and, and accidentally basically low-key set their facility on fire, but you can't see it. And so all of the employees would walk around with brooms out in front of them. And if it randomly caught on fire, they'd be like, oh, that's a hydrogen bubble and have to write it down. <sighs> Scientists. Cultural perception, extremely austere, very put together, <laughs> humorless lab coats, like waxing poetic and crunching numbers. In reality, hey, walk around with this broom in front of you. Make sure you don't go anywhere because fire. you might accidentally start on fire. Yeah. Apparently, it's go. like it's actually a pretty brutal thing because it's still fire. It'll still like burn you it'll yeah and like apparently some of the fuel in race cars is made with hydrogen and so there's like okay. videos of uh race car drivers that got in accidents and it looks like they're just running around freaking out like a crazy person but they're actually like oh on fire but they're on fire yeah. oh that makes a lot more sense okay yeah. oh good lord yeah that's just a weird tangent i found in the uh midst of researching <laughs> now i'm just picturing that our whole state is glowing but we can't see it but it's like those um those take a picture and find your aura oh. things like Ooh. services that can get offered okay. i just picture a comic of like our whole state and then some hippie being like, your aura is so beautiful. But it's not an aura. It's actually, like, radioactivity. Radiation. <laughs> so you're saying... Maybe she's born with it. Maybe it's radiation. Oh my god, you're glowing. Girl... That's how Coloradans get our glowing skin. That's the next time someone is like, oh my God, like your makeup, like your skin looks great. I'm going to say thank you. It's the radiation exposure. It's plutonium. Oops. Courtesy of Rocky Flats. Holy shit. Do you know how morbid and amazing that would be for a makeup company to use that? Oh my God. As you <laughs> as fucking like brightening serum 
Or glycolic toner. <laughs> Glow like the radium girls. <laughs> Rocky Flats makeup for that special glow. TM, TM. That's our... TM. TM. That's me. That's mine. I'll share it with Andy. And Andy only. Everybody else, back the fuck One day we'll make our Patreon, and in your boxes, you'll get radium makeup. Yep. (laughs) Rocky Flats. Rocky Flats brand foundation. Apparently uh, we're going to have a makeup line now. We're going to have a makeup line. We're going to make a movie about zombies. Hell yeah. You'll get a you'll get a copy of that in your Patreon box. <laughs> it's gonna be this is gonna be great. I love it. So yeah, that was the horrifying, horrifying history. I mean, just mm, so fast and loose. Just this is fine. Just... They've really gambled with all of our lives. I will post a map that shows like the estimated radiation field exposure it's just oh no i'm gonna i'm gonna buy a new water filter tomorrow that's a good idea um yeah i'm just gonna for no reason i'm just gonna get it i i feel icky but your skin looks fabulous. Thank you. <laughs> you know, maybe that would make me more dedicated about my skincare routine if I, in my head, viewed it as a decontamination chamber. Ooh. I need to get the radioactive material off of me. Yeah. So dry brushing. Dry brushing. Yeah. Totally. It's a lifestyle. Exactly. It's like how I could get my husband to go camping with me if I frame it as apocalypse preparedness training. Yes. Yeah. And I know that if I tried to frame that for my partner, he would say, no, if this is what it takes, that means I'm meant to die. (laughs) His dramatic, his dramatic ass would say, absolutely not. No way. (laughs) No. All right, so we're not going to team up with you guys in the apocalypse, I guess. No. You'll see us later when you realize that we've established, like, a massive post-apocalyptic, like, crime syndicate. And you're going to say, how the fuck did you survive? And it's going to be something, like, in uh, Zombieland 2, the chick who just stays in the freezer. Yeah. <laughs> and somehow she just ends up staying alive. Yeah. Yeah. I'll I'll be, be like the yeah. other ones in Zombieland 2 that form like a, a cult hippie commune. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. That's my plan for survival. We're gonna go up in the mountains and make a cult. Nice. Yeah. It's like um Far Cry five. I don't know that one. The video game. I am not a gamer. I'm around a lot of gamers. I'm so bad at it. Like, my brain does not work for it. 
like at all. Oh yeah, I get mo- I get motion sick. I can't play the games, I but I like watching them. Lost. So. I I don't know where I am. <laughs> I'm just like it's <laughs> just spinning around. I, I tried. Oh, what was that? Kingdom Hearts. I tried playing that one, and I couldn't get like <sighs> off the islands where they're like it's like the tutorial. <laughs> this is how to play the game. Nice. It's it's bad. It's really bad. You know what though? I can play Minecraft. Perfect. <laughs> yeah. So you can I stay hip with the, the kids. Youths. Are are the youths still playing Minecraft? Is that Not still as popular? Not as much. Okay. My son likes it though, and he I think half the time he just plays it because he can get me to play it with him. Cause he so he had um he got COVID last summer. But he was the only mm-hmm. one in the house that got it. And so I, like, locked him in his bedroom. <laughs> but he's nine, and I felt terrible. I'm like, when your kid's sick, you just want to snuggle him. And I couldn't because I had not had COVID, and neither had his sister, who was also too young at the time for the vaccine. And so I'm like, yeah. I, can't, I can't do this. And so, like, the only thing I could do for him was to let him teach me how to play Minecraft. <laughs> hey, you bonded. We did. We did. That's great. Yeah. <laughs> so that's what a time it. to be alive, everybody. It's a time. Well, thank you very much for sharing that with me. It was absolutely fascinating. Good. I am glad you liked it because I, yes, I also found it fascinating and horrifying. And now what I just state. keep picturing like, the astronauts at the ISS with like an aura camera aimed at Colorado. Just click and we're just out there. <laughs> this arbitrary square in the middle I mean, of North it's America. It's probably us and like New Mexico and what is it, Utah? Oh, uh, well, New Mexico for sure. New Mexico for sure. I can't, I always and get Nevada. Nevada or yep. Utah that. They have like a bunch of nuclear waste just like chilling in a mountain there. Probably both. Probably both. But I think it's Nevada. So we've got like a nice little kind of swath of the West here mm-hmm. that would glow nicely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We're pretty. We're pretty. Mm. <sighs> okay. Is there is there anything else we uh need to tell our listeners? I don't I don't think so. Come um find us on Instagram. We're at two girls who scare easily with the number two. Or uh you can email us directly at two girls who scare easily at gmail.com, also with the number two. Um yeah. Rate, review, subscribe. Tell us we're pretty. <laughs> We're send a glowing review. <laughs> oh, no. I will I will see myself out. Thank you. Yes. It's it's okay. Yes, I am sick of me too. So if that's what you're wondering. I love it. I'm actually You're right. I'm prepared for all of the radiation dad jokes to come in Mm. so just go ahead and text him to me as you think of him Mm. it's gonna be worth it Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. i'm gonna get blocked
<laughs> Wouldn't that be interesting? We're going to host a podcast together, but we're not going to talk outside of it ever. Yeah. We're going to pull a Fleetwood Mac. Yep. That'd be great. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Do you guys speak? Oh, no. 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 Not at all. No, we hate each other. Disgusted by their presence. (sighs) Okay, well, join us next time for Katie's story. Yay! Excited. And, um, stay fresh, cheese bags. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, because now that one's stuck in my head. Stay fresh, cheese bags. I love it. It's my favorite.